Galaxy of Film presents. Let's fucking go! Alright everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the LG Podcast, and as you can already tell, this is not Max doing the episode this week, and this is not Danilo as well. No, 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 This is your trusted pal and companion, Brandon, here hosting my first ever episode of the whole Galaxy of Film universe, so this is going to be a fun night for all of us here. Uh, for this episode of the LG Podcast, we're going to be discussing the latest Dungeons & Dragons movie. And for this episode, I did not come alone. I'm here with a couple other people here to discuss and share their thoughts on the movie as well. I'm first joined here by Mr. Batshack himself, Curtis. How's it going, Curtis? Oh, it's going well, Matt. How are you doing? No, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you know, work, life. Uh, I feel ya. It's, it's, it's working fine for me, I guess. Good. That's good. You excited about, you excited about uh, this review today, Curtis? Oh, super excited. Super, super excited. That sounds awesome. I am as well. But, Curtis, we did not come alone on this one as well. We also have one more person joining us today, and that is Alex Reigns. How you doing, Alex? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Uh, was going to ask you how you were doing, but Curtis stole that question from me, so he stole it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you, like, what? how are you doing, Alex? I, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in college. I'm, you know, shooting movies with Max. You know, we're getting ready to shoot another one. Just got to plug that real quick. Oh, yeah. That sounds but, great. Yeah. Excited to talk about a movie I was not expecting to like. We'll get Just, right into Yeah, we'll get right into our thoughts on this movie. Uh, like I said, we're going to be discussing the uh, latest Dungeons & Dragons movie that came out recently. Um, before we dive right into the movie itself i just want to uh since the whole premise is dungeons and dragons you know based on the uh very popular tabletop game uh i just want to kind of share our thoughts and experiences with the actual game itself so um i, I want to start with curtis do you have any uh prior knowledge or any playing you know recently with dnd oh for sure i recently got into the game i want to say maybe like late 2016 and to now off and on, but um, I've been my group's dungeon master, so I've been reading all about the lore, okay. reading all that kind of stuff. So I'm very familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I was about to ask if if you're just like a you know just one of the casual players or are you actual like DM. So that's actually nice to hear. Oh yeah, I try to play when I can, but like I feel so awkward playing. I'm more comfortable being a, the dungeon master because I I'm more in control. I like writing, but yeah, no, I I prefer I'm the forever DM of our group. Cool. Um, I know. Um, I I literally like recently just got into D and D, like maybe a couple months ago for the okay. first time. So I'm still relatively new to uh, the game. I think I've only gotten maybe a couple sessions in. So oh, sure. just bare bones with it. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a really fun game. I mean, we I know fuck around, you know, with our group, and uh, I mean, I, and that's the best part of D and D. Really, is just you know you create your own story and. Uh, go along with it as you continue on. So, uh, Dungeons Dragons very fun game. I think we can both agree on. Alex, uh, what are your experiences like with D and D? Have you played at all? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> the most well, D and is... D exposure I've had is the uh, TV version in iZombie during that episode. Uh, okay, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. 
Not even Stranger Things at all. Are you a big Stranger Things uh, guy, Alex? Okay, yeah, they do. They do play it in Stranger Things, and that that is heavily based on Dungeons and Dragons. So I mean, I guess that would be the most then. Okay. Um, it's not something. It's I know it's a game that I actively have to be involved in, but I just I don't have the time to commit to something like that right now. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I know. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of like creative imagination and however you want to take your character and the story itself. So um, I, I completely understand it's not for everyone, but for everyone who has played it, it's, it's one of the best games, I think. And in my opinion, you know, like I said, being a relatively newcomer, uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully you get a chance, you know, around one day, maybe get a dungeon dragon session in, but uh, for this tonight, uh, for this specific episode, uh, we are just going to be discussing the movie itself. Um, you know, why don't we just get right into it? Um, Alex, why don't we uh, kick off with a, a bit of a synopsis, and we could probably tag team it if you'd like. All right. Uh, why don't we start off with uh, who, who, who starred in the movie, all right? We got, we got some pretty big names for this movie. We got, we got Chris Pine, your Michelle Rodriguez, your... Ray Jean Page. I'm really not sure how to say that. If I butchered that, I am sorry. Bridgerton, Bridgerton guy. Bridgerton dude. There we go. That's that's pronounceable. <laughs> uh, we got Justice Smith, also in the Detective Pikachu movie. Um, yeah, uh, Sophia Lillis and Hugh Grant as the villain, continuing his recent role of just doing these like one-off B movie type villains who just kind of work in whatever movie it is. It it shouldn't, but it does because it's Hugh Grant and he's cool. Yeah, for, for, for real. Yeah, I agree. Um, and our party is uh, uh, Pine, Rodriguez, Page, Smith, and Lillis. Uh, and from there, they... Ray, I'm going to let you take over from here. So, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, the story kind of centers around Chris Pine's character. So he was a, um, I believe, a... Um, he was a member of the Harpers, I believe. That's what yep. the movie called. Uh, so he is a bard who is a member of the Harpers, and um, one uh, I think one time, like during one of his missions, um, his wife gets killed um, by the um, uh, what was the name? The Red uh, Red Wizards. Red Wizards. That's right. Uh, they were killed by. She was killed by the Red Wizards, and he was stuck with um, fostering uh, his own child. Uh, and that's when Holga comes in, which is Michelle Rodriguez's character, who basically is the um, kind of mother, mother-esque uh, to the child. And so um, those three, you know, try to live uh, life with each other. Um, and then that's when they run into Hugh Grant's character. And I believe Justice Smith's character, too, is also a part of him in the beginning. Um, and then on one of their missions as the group... Um, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez's characters uh, both get sent to jail. They get, you know, uh, captured by the guards and they get sent to jail. And uh, they're prepared to, like, go for this trial, but they um, end up escaping, which is actually a pretty funny moment because they were actually going to get released. But I, uh, that was a little funny. Um, but so they escape prison. And they come to find out that Hugh Grant's character ends up becoming the kind of like monarch of the whole kingdom and kind of ruling everything and kind of watching, uh, watching his uh, Chris Pine's child or daughter. 
who slowly turns into the villain when he starts like becoming more protective of her, um, kind of like shutting Chris Pine's character out of the way. I wish I remembered Chris Pine's character's name, but I'm just going to refer to him. Edgin. Thank you, Alex. Edgin is his name. Uh, and so eventually they come across um, Justin Smith's character again and uh, the tiefling druid. Um, again, what was her name? Dork. Dork. Yeah, so they yeah. come across uh, yep, Justin Smith's character and then Dork. Um, and so they, those, those four get into a little group to try. Um, uh, they band together to uh, go to the kingdom and try to stop Hugh Grant. And this um, red wizard lady who um, wants to control the whole kingdom, pretty much. Wants to turn everybody into undead zombies. Um, and so they come across Rene Jean's character um, halfway through the movie. Uh, kind of like as this like spiritual guide, um, pretty much, to, uh, I believe, get some sort of helmet. If I'm correct, yes. Uh, and so they go into the Underdark, uh, capture that, and then Rene goes off into the sunset pretty much after that. Um, so it's uh, the four of them again. And afterwards, uh, they go up to the Coliseum and they prepare to uh, participate in the games, uh, which is... Uh, uh, we it turns out that this is all huge ploy for huge grant to run off with Chris Pine's daughter uh, with all like the riches and jewelry and all that stuff um, so that the uh, red wizard lady can, you know, control all these people, turn them into the zombies. Um, but, you know, uh, in the end, they prevail. The four group, uh, the four uh, people prevail. Uh, Hugh Grant is. Uh, sent to jail, the Red Wizard Lady, uh, as, as far as I know, is unconscious slash dead, maybe. Um, so, uh, and then they pretty much, uh, right off into the sunset, I, right off into the sunset, right? They That's pretty much almost, almost literally what happens. I mean, it's a nice, neat little bow for a movie that. I mean, we just spent the last five minutes trying to break, verbally break down the plot of this movie. It is fairly complex, especially yes. for a big-budget studio movie that's trying to be accessible for everyone. Like, right. I, think, I think we can all agree, this is a dense movie, for the most sure. part, especially to the uninitiated. But I think it's because of the interplay between the cast and the comedy that they're able to insert, and the use of physical environments that kind of makes everything feel more real and believable and that makes it easier to comprehend. I can agree I can agree with that. Yeah, same. <laughs> All right, just, now that we got Oh, I'm just sorry. Something to, just something to be thinking about, you know? I mean, the these studio movies are slowly starting to have more and more layers to them, especially the ones that do not rhyme with um MCU and Disney. Got that I mean, right. They, oh, for sure. They're starting to have more soul, more more thought put into them and i think that's something especially like as we do lfgs here like this is something we need to be thinking about and taking note of because these are the movies that we need to be going and supporting this yeah, costs I've, 100 they're also becoming more fun to watch i think I, a lot yeah. of times these movies are trying to take it so so seriously it's just good and refreshing to see once in a while like a big budget kind of a movie just have fun with itself not take itself super seriously 
but that's happening more and more. I feel I, exactly. I and I I like that. I, well, I, mean, I feel like that's the it's the Top Gun Maverick effect. I'm calling it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It's like okay. Every, like even movies that were in production at the same time as Top Gun Maverick seem to have been affected by that movie's energy that it created. It created a sense of wanting to go to the theater, and this is a great theater experience. Agreed. I would, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say to add on to that. Um, as long as you have like the right people who know the material they're working with, and uh, just like you said, Curtis, having fun with it, uh, I think it's just going to make for you know a better movie experience like this uh especially yeah like with this movie um but yeah now that we got the synopsis out of the way uh let's each dive into our uh positives and negatives that we have about this movie um i'll just start with a couple right at the top of my head and the big question is does this movie represent the game well and i would definitely agree to that. i think this is a great representation of the game um and even if you're even if you're in alex case where you haven't played dungeons dragons uh, I think this is a great fantasy movie um, in itself. Like you got the core uh, fantasy elements with it. You got the creatures, and you got you know the band of misfits working together. So um, if you took the name Dungeons and Dragons out of this movie, I think it still works as a fantasy adventure film, which I think is the um, uh, the best um, accolade I can give this movie. Um, so going back to my uh, great representation, or the great representation in this, um, I like the um, little side missions that they go on that lead up to the big climax of the movie. That works well with um, even in my little knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons. I know that you know there's a ton of side missions that you go on uh, to eventually get to um, each person's goal, which I like. Um, and yeah, each character has their own goals that they need to um, accomplish, which I think is great when you're trying to sympathize with each character. Um, and I think the uh, best showcase of this is the Underdark scene, because I think it's just a whole um, great uh, mesh of what makes the game itself fun. Because uh, you have, like, Nat 20 moments, and then, like, critical failure moments in that entire scene, and then you have the action moments. So I think it's just a bet, uh, like a great compilation of what makes the great uh, the game that much fun itself um curtis uh what are some of your thoughts uh any any positives that you can think of this movie for now oh for sure um i'll say going to this i think the acting for what it is i think it's actually pretty good i think all the actors did their job really well i was never really pulled out of the moment i think everyone played their character as well um as a big D guy it's nice seeing representations of for those who have played Dungeons and dragons the setting of this world takes place in D's most popular setting which is the forgotten realms so there's references to Boulder's Gate, Icewind oh, yeah. Dale, yeah. Uh, Mordecai is mentioned, which is a very big popular D&D character. And seeing how a lot of these characters just fit into their roles really well, I think Chris Pine playing a bard, I think it was a good choice. Um, and then Michelle Rodriguez playing like the like a mix of like a barbarian fighter was also really good. I think uh, she was really good in this movie. Um, yeah, especially. oh yeah. I, I would definitely give her props to that as well. Oh yeah. And then... Um, Brigi Jean, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Who plays Zenic? He's like this paladin character. I just he, like how we none of us can think of what the guy's name is. I think that's just <laughs> the, the best, the best part. Yeah, but he plays a paladin, and he he plays a like a stereotypical paladin perfectly. He's very straightforward. She's the good in people. Wants to do good deeds. Not very, not a very people person. 
as his dialogue is very like i don't understand what do you mean yada 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 it's very proper exactly yeah. yeah he was great the effects surprisingly were also very good um yeah yeah they were a lot of the transformation because um doric who is a druid a lot of the druid stuff they turn into creatures is the big jar for playing that class so we get to see a representation of an owl bear which looked good um rats and flies i thought was also very good um i personally my favorite scene in the whole movie is when they're going to the graveyard and asking all these dead bodies all a bunch of questions that part was genuinely funny it was it was really amazing yeah i i know they saw like the um they gave out like a little clip of it before the movie came out yeah and yeah, it, was, it was just so so hilarious it's, it's generally funny it's like i've had conversations of games where people are like just being stupid and not doing what they're doing that's just yeah it just also feels like something like the dungeon matcher would just like fuck around with you like it's like four four questions right and you go yep yep yeah because she goes like, why is this like so why well. is it five questions it seems so arbitrary because in the <laughs> yeah. game that's a real spell and it is five questions why i don't know it's whoever wrote the book thought it of so no <laughs> i thought that was great i thought the story itself was pretty straightforward um the story plot itself is pretty straightforward band of misfits try to beat the evil person done and then working between those boundaries but i thought that was also very executed pretty well yeah, I, I'd agree with that with, as well. I think, yeah, there was great uh, chemistry amongst all the cast, like you said. Um, and I also liked how they, um, I think I saw like a behind the scenes or something like that. They they uh, played D&D um, to prepare for this role, which I think was just a great uh, way to like get into their characters and really build that chemistry for this movie, which is really well told or really well done between uh, all of them. Um as far as like personal like uh like favorites, I would definitely give it to Justin or Justice Smith. I think he like nailed his role. Um, I think personally like the best out of all of them. Um, just because I think I I think I could just relate to it the most. Like the self uh the um self conscious like um undermining kind of sorcerer doesn't really believe in himself that much. Um, until like the very climax. Um. Again, that's just something I um just seems very relatable to me, and I think he yeah definitely played it uh perfectly. Um, I also did like him in the uh, the quarry game, which um oh yeah he's in that. is really good yeah. Um, so I liked him in that as well. I think that's my only exposure to um Justice Smith, and um I definitely want to check him out more because I think he's a really great actor. Agreed. Um, Alex, what are your any per, any positives that you want to give this movie for now? Uh, positives. So I'll just echo what y'all said. The chemistry, the cat, the acting, it was all really, really, really solid. Um, but I'd also shout out the practical sets, man. Like the oh cameras, God, are, yeah, some, some yeah. of the behind the scenes work on this movie is insane. The thought put into this, that this is, these are the same filmmakers that made game night. These aren't the guy, the, yeah. they, they didn't yeah. get sucked up by the studio system. They, it was impressive. It, to see that much effort and care put into a movie that like 20 years ago was getting a bad CGI directed video sequel. Mm-hmm. So we us about those movies is probably the better. Yes, yes, yes. Much agreed. Much agreed. So I just, and the cinematography as well. I thought that it was really well lit. I thought that they used the Z axis really well. Like the depth of frame was done really well. Act, their backgrounds were insane in this movie. They were chaotic, but it never felt out of place. It felt like the chaos was warranted. Um, but I also thought that kind of... Do you mind if I get into some negatives as well? Oh, go for it. 
Yeah, go yeah, go right for it. Well, I mean, we'll get yeah, we'll get to more negatives about it if we have some, but uh, you could definitely talk about it right now. Um, the chaos did eventually start to. I think the movie's a bit long, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I I definitely feel like, and not even like too long to the point of like it's unbearable. It's more like you can shave ten minutes off this movie and it'd be tighter, it'd be better paced. But the problem is I'm not sure what scenes to take out because it's still such a fun time at the runtime it is. Sure, sure. Like, it is so much fun, so why would you want that to stop? But from a technical ass- from a technical standpoint, yeah, there, there, there are some pacing issues with this. But you mm-hmm. shave 10 minutes off, you're fine. So it's, yeah, it's, can... not, it's not killer. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, me, personally, I didn't find any problems with the runtime myself just because, like you said, I was enjoying the movie a lot. So I didn't really come across like any like um, time issues or like worrying about the time or anything like that. So um, I would say any other uh, going back to the like effects and all that, I think um, specifically like with the judges in the beginning of the movie, I thought like the eagle guy or the guy like the eagle judge, I think was a really good um, makeup or i think either cgi or whatever like kind of makeup that they put on him um i think the lizard too or the uh, dragon lizard whatever judge it was i think that was really good makeup too yeah i think uh, that was like an actual one. like practical like bodysuit which is so rare yeah. to see, like, like it, yeah. now, which i'm like oh that looks awesome they're making a comeback though which is surprising like yeah, recently, I... the the use of practical effects has apparently been cool again. Which, if we're gonna you know talk about trends for Hollywood, that's a great one for them to get on. Oh, I agree. I, I would definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely on that. Practical effects, because I, I know they're expensive. They're more. They're harder to do just because you gotta do it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, but, but they should... always look better. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yes, I I totally agree. Even in like horror movies like that, I know like the the time and like the effort even like goes into like the gore and all that stuff is just really fascinating to me. Um coming from someone who doesn't even like horror movies. But regardless. Um do not do not be surprised if you see Dungeons and Dragons come up in award season time for costumes and makeup. Oh yeah. I, I would I, not be yeah. shocked. I, I actually kinda hope that it gets some oh, sort it, of nod. I, I think it is very deserving. And I mean even just this early on in the year, I mean it's just it's that good. Yeah, definitely from like a uh production aspect of it like i would i hope uh or at least pray that um they get some sort of nomination at the oscars next year that would be nice i think the oscars after last year are kind of becoming a little cool maybe yeah after i think these last uh, oscars i think uh there might be some sort of like tide changing um as far as like who uh, like deserving and like who actually gets like nominated um again you're always going to have people though that are going to like complain like their favorite movies and get nominated but this I is mean, not I'm, a yeah we're not talking about the oscars let's not yeah, get right, right 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 that's a rabbit hole we will not come out of <laughs> now uh is do y'all have any other negatives for this movie um besides what i brought up um i think my only negative for this movie would be just not all the jokes landed to me yeah um the jokes are definitely hit or miss but i mean when they when they hit i think they were pretty funny yeah i think it's more like the more the more later like the quippy or quippier ones are like eh, not all of them are good mm-hmm. but like when they try to actually have set up a joke those are genuinely funny it's not like the quip it's the marvel effect of quipping it's starting to be like not all of them yeah. are gonna hit the yeah big, that's the, 
starting to become a trend too. The full-on bits in the movie worked. All of them did. Oh yeah. It's it's exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. The quips, but the bits work. They're two different things here. They're two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yep. uh, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, like I was going back to earlier in the uh, episode, in this podcast, um, with like the the um, the first like five or ten minutes of this movie, where um, Chris Pine's character goes into like the backstory of like how he got into or got roped into prison and all that stuff. And I just think it's funny. Uh, I think that was like some of the funniest moments in that movie too, because like because uh, he's kind of hoping that this like one specific judge comes into the trial, and so they're like waiting. He's kind of like hoping like this judge will show up because I think he got like uh, delayed or something like that. And so he's kind of while he's telling his backstory, he's kind of like, oh, is this guy coming anytime soon? I was like, we're, like, I was really expecting him to be like a part of this trial. And then when he does show up, it was all just a ploy to just like escape prison. But then yeah. it turns out, but then it turns out they were going to get. Like, Wait, no, we approve. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, they they got approved anyway. So I thought that <laughs> that was like some of the that was like one of the funniest moments in that whole movie for me. Um. But yeah, like I said, not all the jokes landed. It's all that like, yeah, like that Marvel quippy stuff that, uh, yeah, starts to become old once you see a lot of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, the practical, yeah, going back to the practical effects, yeah, they were really good. Um, I hope, yeah, we see a lot more movies utilize practical effects more. Um, I know, yeah, with their budgets, like. I'm sure, like, they can spare some money on practical effects. Like, uh, even with Marvel, too, with all their CGI stuff, like, I feel like they could benefit from practical effects. Um, uh, but any any last-minute thoughts, any last uh, positives or negatives regarding this movie, you guys? Wouldn't mind returning to it. I would agree. Yeah, I, I, I would not mind seeing these characters. I mean, you know, Fast and Furious is ending. Michelle Rodriguez needs a new franchise. You know, she was pretty <laughs> I can awesome. I see this turning into a franchise. Yeah, and as long I think if you keep uh, Goldstein and Francis Daly at the helm, or people that have their same sensibilities, and there are other filmmakers with that, I think because you got to keep this in the comedy tone. You got to keep mm-hmm. it lighthearted. Dungeons and Dragons movies dark will not work right now. Maybe mm-hmm. if people get more acclimated with the franchise and the game, but it's I think it's gonna be a while before we see like a straight up like dark evil Dungeons and Dragons movie. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's but like I one of those w- things that like now that being a nerd is cool now. That like <laughs> I'm happy that this attempt of like Dungeons and Dragons is done properly. Um, it was treated with respect. I didn't really see anything that was calling the fans of the game like idiots or anything. It was it just reveled in what it was, which I enjoyed. Um, I hope this is maybe a start of like maybe some more D and D property coming out because there's a lot of good stories like like in books wise that are written by R. I. Salvatore that could be told in like movie TV form. So I'm hoping yeah, if this does well enough, we can get some more of those stories. Yeah, even if not, like Dungeon, the whole like fun of Dungeons and Dragons is creating your own stories too so yep. even if they come up with their own kind of like Dungeons uh, Dungeons and Dragons style big mission in a movie again like that would be that would even be great too um I was kind of hoping with this movie at the very end that this all turned into just like a table like a, a, a whole session at the very end where each player is playing a character That's exactly what I was thinking they're gonna pan out I was I'm hoping- like in a house just rolling dice Kind of like uh like Lego movie esque where they just jump into like the live action. Um, that's too predictable. 
That's sure. Predictable. Sure, sure, but I think it would have been just like fun just to give it a nod to like um maybe later. Maybe yeah, later. Maybe. I could definitely see that. Um yeah, definitely uh as a franchise, I could see this happening. Like you said, Michelle Rodriguez, um with fast with the fast franchise slowly dying its death like it should. Um uh Dungeons and Dragons would definitely be a good one for her to stay on board with. Depending on how well they go, um, but after this movie, I definitely have high hopes and definitely higher expectations um, if they do plan on doing more with this uh, and expanding on it. Um, I think I, I really don't have any, uh, anything else to add unless you guys have anything else. I think it's maybe time we give it a rating. Yeah, I believe so. You got that right, Alex. Look at you go. Uh, so, um, as uh, familiar with this rating system as it is, we go from Jakku being terrible, uh, and then we go right on to Hoth, Naboo, Bespin, Corsant. Corsant being uh, 5 out of 5, damn near perfect. Um, I will start first, I will get my rating first, and then we will work our way around. Um, uh, for Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, I'm going to give this a Bespin. Um, I think it was just a really good uh, adaptation on the game, and um, it's definitely fun for the whole family, um, with no, uh, even without any knowledge to Dungeons & Dragons, just going right in for a fantasy adventure. I think everybody's going to have a really good time with this. Um, like I said, not all the jokes land, um, but uh, that's actually kind of a, a, to its charm a little bit, um, so uh, I don't mind it so much. Um but everything else works about this movie, the cast, the production, um, some of the um, just just it was just a well thought out movie. Um, that's what I would give this movie. Uh, Alex, what are you going to give Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? Uh, Naboo on the way to best, but fun time would All not right. mind going back to the world. Um, and uh, I think we got one more person to give it a rating to, don't we? Yep. You are absolutely right. Curtis, what are your thoughts on this movie? I'll keep it brief. I'm the same thin train of thought as Alex. I think it's a Naboo on the way to a Bespin. All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, guys, thank you for joining us on this wonderful edition of the LFG podcast discussing Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Um, Alex, is there any, um, any plugs or any, um, any way people can follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox at AWREAMS. That's A-W-R-E-A-M-S. And my website, AlexanderWReams.com. All normal spellings, how I just spelled it out. So, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> oh, and uh, be on the lookout for uh, some stuff dropping soon. I think we got some stuff's coming. Right, Brandon? Yes, yeah, some very special teases that we will get into in future Galaxy of Film uh, episodes, uh, which I wish I wish I knew at the top of my head what they were, but that's for future episodes. Uh, Curtis, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, people can find me over at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Curtis Shack. Um, we're going through kind of like a retro kind of a mix. We're playing the old Castlevania NES games. Um, Ooh, we just finished awesome. the first one, so we're now on Castlevania 2. So uh, come on in, just drop in, say hello. Sounds like a great time, Curtis. I hope that goes well for you. Thank you. And uh, people can also follow me on uh, Instagram at blion2k23. 
you can also follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Brandon M226. Um, also, be sure to follow the Galaxy of Film podcast, wherever social media is on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, uh, on Facebook, all the social media platforms. Uh, be sure that we are on it. Um, make sure to subscribe to the Galaxy of Film podcast on all audio platforms, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, yes, be sure to uh, watch all our past episodes and be sure to look out uh, for future episodes as well on, uh, on all those platforms, all the LFGs, all the Galaxy of Films coming out. Uh, I hope you guys had a great time listening into this as much as we did. And I hope you guys uh, check us out at another time. Peace out. Have a good one. Bye.